Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Man, I'm excited about today's service. I'm excited about today's topic. Uh, This topic we're going to be talking about is prayer and fasting. Um, This is actually something that's very, um, really, just really near and dear to my heart. I've had some just incredible encounters with God in seasons of prayer and fasting. And, And I really believe that God wants to do a miracle in your life. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. But, but seriously, I want us just to, to stop for a minute and just think about the possibilities of what God might do in and through our life in the year 2020. Like, what could God do if you surrendered everything, if you held nothing back from God this year, if you said, this is the year that I'm not going to question, I'm not going to doubt, but I'm going to grab onto God wholeheartedly, and I'm going to press into God and grab a hold of everything he has for me this year. Man, what a testimony it could be. And so I want to share a little bit with you about prayer and fasting. I'm going to be uh, incredibly vulnerable tonight. I'm going to share something that I've actually uh, never shared from the pulpit before um, and just kind of a firsthand experience that I've had with prayer and fasting. I'll let you know that this sermon is really birthed not out of something that's theoretical or just out of a, a like God's an object to be studied, but this comes out of a knowing as a personal God has entered and, and, and spoken to me and ministered to me and through me. And so I'm going to share a story and, and I'll do a little bit of teaching on the topic and then I'll give some examples of scripture of where we see God break through through the power of prayer and fasting, and um, I believe God wants to do something here today. So before we get into that, would you take a minute and would you pray with me? And as we pray, I just, I really want you to ask God to speak to you today. Like just, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to take just a second and, and, and just right where you're at, I want you just to every distraction that you came in here with, every, I mean, it doesn't matter, just, just for a moment. I'm just pleading with you. Because I believe God wants to do something here tonight, not just another service. And I want you just to say, God, right in your heart, right there where you are, just say, God, would you speak to me tonight? Despite the fact that there's, that Desi's up there, would you still speak to me? Take just a moment and ask him to speak to you. God, I just come before you today. Lord, and I ask your forgiveness because my sins are many and I am unqualified. God, I ask that you would minister to me and through me, that I would decrease, that you would increase. God, I pray that every word that's of you would penetrate our hearts, the hearts of the hearers. And anything that's not of you, God, may it be forgotten, thrown to the wayside. In your name we pray. Amen. So um I'll tell you a story about my one of the most powerful times in my life where um that happened through a time of prayer and fasting. It was back in 2007. 
Um, I was a new employee at Dallas Baptist University. I still work there today. Um, I was in an entry-level position as the dorm director of one of the dorms, and um, I was there and, and, and really excited, recent graduate, excited about my new job, and um, our current president at the time was a guy by the name of Gary Cook, Dr. Cook, as we called him, and uh, he was really kind of a, a living legend for DBU. He had brought DBU out of some really hardships and into a very prosperous place. He was kind of like, um, like what Tom Landry is to the Cowboys, Dr. Cook is to DBU, you know, just kind of this pillar this leader, really beloved by all that knew him. And um, I didn't know him all that well, but I had spent some time with him. And uh, it came to our attention that Dr. Cook, after going on a mission trip, came back and was not feeling 100%, went to the doctor, and it turned out he had leukemia. And the leukemia was a very severe form of leukemia. They actually didn't even let him leave the doctor's office that day, but they rushed him to the hospital um, there in Dallas at, at Baylor, and they moved him directly to the cancer uh, area. And, and, and as we found out this news, I mean, everybody was kind of shook by it. Um, here was this pillar of the university, and I had just gotten this job. Am I going to still be able to keep my job? You know, he kind of was the one that hired me. And um, as I found out about this news, I, I called for a time of prayer for the guys that lived in the dorm. I just, I went door to door and I said, hey guys, let's pray for Dr. Cook's healing. Let's ask God to do a miracle in his life. And so I gathered all the guys, we said some prayers and word got back to Dr. Cook about that there were some guys in the dorms that prayed for him. So he wanted to thank me. So he asked that I would come visit him in the hospital. And, uh, you know, I was honored. I mean, here I am, an entry-level employee at this, in this new position at the university. The president wants to meet with me. And so I go, and I, I go up to the sixth floor, and I walk into the room, and this guy just looks like death. I mean, he is in bad, bad shape. And I am just thinking, like, why would I, an entry-level employee here, be talking to the president? Like, I'm, doesn't he need to, like, get some affairs in order? Like, I'm the last person that should be occupying his time. So as we sit there with a good conversation, and, and I go back home, and I don't think too much about it, but I was wrestling with why. The why, God, did you want me to talk with him? What was the purpose of that? Was there a bigger purpose in it? I get a phone call, and it's from the president's office, and he says, uh, and it says, Dr. Cook would like to visit with you again. Can you come next Friday? It would be about four days from that day that I got that phone call. So at this time, I said, okay, God, there must be something bigger that you're doing here. Like, why do you want me to go and visit with him? And I was, I was desperate to hear from God, and I wanted to hear from God, and, and I knew a little bit about prayer and fasting, and so I went into a, a time of fasting, and I, and I gave up every, everything but water, and I just was fasting, and I was seeking the Lord, and I was asking God to speak to me. What would you have me say to Dr. Cook, Lord? And, and um, after, on the third day, uh, I went, and I found myself in a secluded room, and, and I'm telling you, I I've never really shared this from the pulpit before, and I've shared it at, at, at DBU and, and different smaller circles, but I, I've never shared this from the pulpit, so I don't want you to look at me like I'm crazy, okay? But this is just the honest truth of what happened, and as I knelt down in that secluded place, and, and I looked up to heaven, I said, God, what do you want me to say to him? Like, what do you, why do you want me to go and, and minister with this, visit this man that, that is literally dying, okay? Like, why would I go and speak to him? And as I, as I knelt down, and this is never happened before and it's never happened since but right there in that moment I heard the audible voice of God and it said tell Dr. Cook maybe he said Gary I think they're on first name basis I'm, just, I'm kidding okay <laughs> tell Dr. Cook that I'm going to restore his life and I remember I was a little shaken by it 
Like, man, it's kind of strange. It's never happened before. Like, people are going to think I'm crazy. Should I tell this to anybody? Like, what, how am I going to tell this to him? So the next day, we go over to the hospital. I go to the hospital. I walk in there. He looks worse than he did the first day that I went and visited with him. His body's bloated. He's covered in sores. The chemo had done something to his throat where he had all these sores in his mouth. And as I'm sitting there and we're talking, um, I'm just not wanting to talk to him. I, don't, I, I do not want to tell him what God has told me. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job, right? Like, <laughs> here comes this guy. I'm going to tell you, hey, God spoke to me, right? And I'm just like, I don't know what he's going to think. I am literally just petrified to share this. And I just, I'm like, I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to do it. And the Holy Spirit is just, I mean, working on me. And Dr. Cook, and I'm listening to him, and he's talking. He stops, and he goes, Desi, I'm sorry. My throat hurts so bad. I can't talk. Would you please talk to me? I'm like, are you kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? And the only thing I can say is, Dr. Craig, I don't know how you're gonna feel about this and you may think I'm crazy. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm leaving there without a job, okay? And I'm like, uh, but God spoke to me and he told me to tell you that he's gonna restore your life. Dr. Craig grabs my arm. I'm like, is he gonna throw me out of here? No, he grabs my arm and he, he shows me an email on his phone. He said, a friend of mine had emailed me and told me to meditate on the word restoration. He said, I've been meditating on that word, praying that word over my life. And today you walked in and said it. He said, surely the Lord has spoken here today and I'm gonna live. Last week, Dr. Cook texted me and said, thank you for being my friend since 2007. He went on and was fully healed from leukemia. He was fully restored. And today he's living cancer free. Amen. And as I thought about that today, I thought about how many people here today need a breakthrough in your life. Like how many of you here today know someone who needs a breakthrough in their life. Like, what are you facing in here today where you say, God, you know, I just don't, Desi, I just don't feel like I've, I've felt God recently. Like, there's a wall between me and God. Like, I don't see God moving in my life. Like, he doesn't seem to be answering my prayers. I feel distant from God. I don't know that God is gonna do a miracle in my life. I want to show you a passage of scripture where we find the disciples had encountered a situation where they didn't see God answer their prayer. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. We're going to pick up in verse 14. And this is what it says. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him. Now, them being Jesus and the disciples came to the multitude. A man came to him, Jesus, kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. 
So here we have Jesus' disciples having been brought this little boy by his father, and they've already been ministering. Okay, the Sermon on the Mount has already happened. They've already been sent out, and they've already been laying hands on the sick and casting out demons. And then they encounter this situation where a father brings his son to them, and he says, hey, would you do what you've been doing? Would you, would you pray over my son? He needs deliverance. And in that moment, God does not answer their prayers. So this guy's saying, I've already come to your disciples. And it hadn't worked. I didn't see a breakthrough in my prayer. I didn't see God answer. I didn't see God work through your disciples. And this is how Jesus responds to the information that his disciples were unable to bring breakthrough on behalf of this little boy. It says, then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Now, I want you to remember those two words, faithless and perverse. Faithless and perverse. Oh, you faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very moment. Now, what has happened that Jesus is saying of the disciples that they've become faithless and perverse? I want us to think about these two words. There's a pastor by the name of Chris Hodges. He has a large church in Alabama. He's a well-known author. And he defines the word faithless like this. I think it's a great definition. He says, the word faithless in this passage is not connected to God. He says, the definition of perverse is to be connected, is to be too connected to the world. So Jesus says, what's happened? You've disconnected from me. You become faithless and you become too connected to the world. It's become perverse. How many of you in here today that that happens to you in your walk? Like you're trying to follow God and somehow you get, you get, you get out of balance, you get out of, you get out of alignment. I tell this, me and my wife have these conversations all the time. Every once in a while, we just have to realign ourselves. Like, hey, what's happened? We've gotten out of alignment, honey. Like we're just not on the same, we're not going the same direction. And we, and we have these kind of family meetings. But I think the same thing happens in our walk with God. Like somehow we, we stop connecting with God and we start connecting too much to the things of the world. Like we care more about fill in the blank. Like I believe right now the Holy Spirit's revealing things to you in your heart that you're getting too connected to in the world. It's not my job to point it out to you. But somehow we start to, we start to focus on the things of this world. And we're going to pick up in verse 19. It says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately, right? They didn't want to be called out in front of everybody, and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, this mountain being a problem that's too big for you to handle, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And he adds this 
caveat. Now remember, I want you to remember the first two words, and he goes to this. He says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Here's the definition that Pastor Chris gives of prayer. It is connects us with God. And the definition of fasting is disconnects us with the world. So Jesus says, look, here's what's happened. You become disconnected from me. So the way to get that right is to connect with me. He says, the problem is you become too connected to the world. So the way to see your breakthrough is to disconnect from the things of this world. So I wanna break it down to the most simple, basic form. What we have here, when we think about prayer and fasting, I'm not gonna give you a how-to and five steps. What I'm telling you, at the basic level, prayer and fasting is whenever we let go of the things of this world and we grab a hold of God. And you've walked into this room today and you wonder why you haven't seen breakthrough and your life. I'm telling you, God's calling us to let go of the trivial things of this world and grab a hold of the eternal promises in him. So there's three distinct breakthroughs I see that happen through prayer and fasting in the Bible. There's three examples we're given in the Bible of breakthrough where we see the people of God humble themselves, pray and fast, and then God does a work in their life. But before we talk about the breakthrough, I wanna talk about the position of the heart in our fasting. See, what we have to realize is that prayer and fasting is first and foremost between you and God. Prayer and fasting isn't about, about looking good before your friends, It's not about what other people think of you. It's not about saying the right words. It's not about going through the right motions. It's not about about adding it to the story on your Instagram. It's not about so that people can see that you have it all together or that you can check a box or go through the motions or fulfill some type of ritualistic uh, requirement of a Christian faith. Like that's not what it's about. But what we see here is that it's a heart motive. And in Matthew chapter six, verse five through six, this is what it says, Jesus teaching on the sermon of the mount says when you pray you're not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men truly i say to you they have their reward in full but you when you pray go into your inner room Close the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. Now dropping down in chapter six to verse 16, let's see what he says about fasting. Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. What I'm telling you is that 
Prayer and fasting is about getting to the secret place with just you and God. This isn't about anybody else. It's not about going through emotion. Like some of you right now, like you are, man, you, you are nailing church attendance. Like you're definitely already winning 2020, right? You've already, you already got that one done, all right? Like you are serving. You say, Desi, I serve, man. Like some of you are even serving in the kids' ministry. That's a cross to bear, okay? Like, like you say, Desi, I, I got it all together. I, I abstain from all kinds of things. I don't watch rated R movies. Bless you. But here's what I see. Prayer and fasting is a condition of the heart. That's why in Luke chapter 18 that the, that the Pharisees stood and said, I fast twice a day. Thank you that I'm not like that guy over there. And, it's, it, and it's, the, it's the tax collector that beats his chest and looks up to heaven and says, I'm not worthy. And then Jesus asks us, which one do you think left more righteous? See, it's a condition of your heart. It has nothing to do with the motion that you're going through. And what God's after today is not anything other than your heart. He's not after you giving up something. He's after your heart. It's a condition of the heart, first and foremost. It's between you and God. It's not for the appearance of people. It's when you get alone in the secret place that your Father will reward you. Now, Hebrews 11.6 tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love James chapter 4, verse 8 that says, when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. That there's a promise that God will reward our pursuit of him. I stand on that every day. I say, God, I get up in the morning. I say, you promised that if I seek you, you would reward the diligence of my seeking you that he will reward our diligence. And I wanna show you three areas of breakthrough in scripture that we see through prayer and fasting. First, prayer and fasting opens us up to the leading of the Holy Spirit. How many of you say, Desi, in 2020, I need God to lead me in my marriage? Like, I don't have this thing figured out. Like, I need God, I need supernatural Holy Spirit revelation to be able to, to, be able to guide my family this year. Like, I can't figure this out on my own. Like, when I try to do it on my own strength and my own wisdom and my own knowledge, like, it doesn't bode well for me. Or, or how many business owners in here go, man, when it comes to 2020, I need God to set the trajectory of my business. Like, I need God to come in and help me with, with my employees or or maybe you're in a, in a job right now and you're going, I don't know how this job's gonna last. Like, I don't see the purpose in this. And I need God to guide me in this season in my employment. Like, I need God to guide me when leading my family. Sorry, I get a little excited. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. That we need God to be our guide. And that when we pray and fast, God brings breakthrough in the area of his guidance. And I want to show you this in, in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. If you've been around the Bible, if you've been around church at all, you're probably well acquainted with this story. But Nehemiah is, is cupbearer to the king. And, and he has just found out that his home city and his people have been ransacked in, in, in Jerusalem. And the walls have been torn down. And, and that his city is, is open. And they can be uh, kind of... Um, People can invade them at any time, and he's heartbroken over this, and he, and he doesn't know what to do. God, what do I do in light of this circumstance? I need your wisdom. I need your guidance, God. 
help me. What do I do in light of this news? And this is what it says, picking up in verse four. When I heard these words, I sat down, wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who preserves the covenant and loving kindness of those who love him and keep his commands. God, I don't know what to do. So he fasts and he prays. And if you're familiar with the story, you'll know, you'll know that in that time, it was about a four-month period that, he, that, that Nehemiah was fasting and praying. And during that four-month four time, God gave him a vision to rebuild the walls. And right now, there's some people that you need a vision for 2020. Like, you don't know how you're going to get to where God's called you to go. And you say, God, I know that where I'm at right now, I know the situation I'm in. I know that when I look out there, like, it's not the way it should be. And I I know you're calling me to something, but I need vision of what you're calling me to go do. And what I love about the story of Nehemiah is not only does God give him a vision, it's in that period that he says you're going to go rebuild the walls, but he also provides provision. Favor with the king to go and fulfill the task he had at hand. If you know, Nehemiah was able to go on and complete the task at hand. And what I want to tell you today is some of you need God to give you a vision and provision for 2020. The second area that I see God do a breakthrough in people's life, lives through the area of prayer and fasting is that prayer and fasting invites God into the impossible situations in our lives. Like how many of you right now or facing a situation, you say, I feel good, I kind of got a vision for where I'm going, but I got a doctor's report and I need God to do a miracle. Like there's nothing I can do, there's no amount of provision, there's no amount of money, there's no amount of vision, like nothing can restore this outside of a miracle. Like I need a miracle in this situation in my life. I wanna tell you, prayer and fasting opens us up to miracles. It invites God into the impossible situations in our lives. I think of the story of Esther. Esther, a Jewish girl who becomes the queen of Persia. She is the queen of Persia and she finds out that there's been a decree by the king that they're going to they're annihilate all the Jews, the, her people. She doesn't know what to do. Her uncle Mordecai says, hey, you need to go and talk to the king about this. And during that day to approach the king without a request was punishment by death. And even if she was able to go talk to the king, like who's to say that anything even would come out of it? Like what would even happen? So this is what it says in Esther chapter four, verse 15. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my maidservants will also fast in the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and did just as Esther had commanded. 
And if you know the story, you know that God ended up bringing deliverance to the Jewish people. Not only did he bring deliverance, man, but he absolutely set them free. It was an incredible work. But I want you to see that in the midst of Esther not knowing what to do, she stopped and she fasted and she prayed and she said, God, I need you to do a miracle. I've experienced this in my own life. I remember my mother called me, and uh, she said, Desi, your, your little sister uh, has been diagnosed with lupus. And um, being the kind of big brother I am, like, I, I want to fix it, right? Like, I want to fix things. Like, I don't want to fix things around my house, okay? Just ask my wife. I'm not good at that. But, like, I want to pr- solve people's problems. And, and so whenever this happened and, 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 and I hear this news, I was really kind of tore up about it. I'm, I'm the big brother. I want to do something about it. And my, mom, and my mom just said, hey, look, Desi, would you just pray? Would you just pray for your sister? And let's just believe, let's, let's just believe God. Let's just ask God to do something. And so I decided to fast and pray. And so I, I just began to fast, and I was praying, and I was fasting for several days. And, and I called my mother up, and I said, I said here's the deal, Mom. I'm, I'm going to drive down, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I want us to pray over Holly. I wanna, oh, let's lay hands on her. Let's pray. Let's believe God. And I said, and, and I'm going to drive down. I want you to do me a favor. Would you? And I know it's uncomfortable, but would you, would you just call the doctor and tell him you want to come back? And, and let's just let's get a second reading. Let's see if God might do a miracle. Let's just see. So mom's, you know, she's like, yeah, absolutely, of course. And so she, mom's like, I'm going to fast and pray too. We fast, we pray. I drive down there and we pray over my sister. And uh, she has, they made the doctor's appointment for that Monday. I drive home. It was that same day. It was a Sunday. I drive home. And, and uh, the next day, my little sister and my mom go to the doctor's office. And they walk in and, and the doctor comes in and he immediately just starts apologizing. And he says, I'm so sorry. This actually has never happened before. I'm truly embarrassed. I know you said you wanted to come and talk about your, your readings and the reports of the study. And, 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 and as I re-looked at them this morning, I'm so sorry, but there's absolutely no sign of lupus. Like there's nothing there. Like the chart is free. I don't know who in this room needs their charts re-read. Like you're facing an impossible situation. But God is the God of miracles. He's the God that can do the impossible. So not only does praying and fasting invite God to the impossible areas of our lives, to do what only he can do. There's a third area that I see that God does, that God brings a breakthrough in our life. And that is that prayer and fasting focuses our lives on the eternal. It focuses our lives on the eternal. So here's what I know. I know in this room that there's people, and maybe it's you, and you say, Desi, man, this is a great motivational message for 2020. Who doesn't love to hear about a breakthrough? But you know what? 
I've prayed and I've fasted and God didn't answer my prayer. Like I believed God for something and my charts didn't come back rewritten. I didn't hear a word from God. Well, there's one time in scripture that I know of that we see an example of someone praying and fasting and the outcome in appearance does not appear to be favorable for that person. It's in the story of David. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 12. David has a infant son who has become ill and is teetering on the point of death. And David humbles himself before the Lord. He lies prostrate on the ground and he begs for God to heal his son. And he says he fasts. His servants come. They try, they're worried about him. They try to pick him up. He won't get up. He refuses to get up and he's just crying out to God to heal his son. And it turns out that his son wasn't healed. David gets up, says that he cleans himself off. He makes a sandwich. He eats. And this confuses his servants. And this is what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 12, picking up in verse 21. And then his servants said to him, what is this thing that you have done? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, while the child was still alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me that the child may live. But now he has died. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him. He will not return to me. What I want you to see is that while David was laying prostrate on the floor, begging for the outcome he wanted, begging for the outcome that was right in his eyes, as he was begging for God to move, God was doing a supernatural work. I'm telling you, this is only a work of God in the heart of a father that this could happen, that David could get up with an eternal security knowing that despite the outcome, this side of heaven, that one day he would be reunited with his son and that was enough. God was working a miracle of an eternal perspective. When we invite God into the impossible, 
orients our lives to the eternal. God is greater than any circumstance you're facing. Like I said at the beginning, this thing is about you and Jesus. This thing's, this is this prayer and fasting, this is about you in the secret place. It's just you and Jesus. And it's about getting some things right with God. It's about opening them up. I'm telling you, I believe that we serve the God of miracles. And I believe that he can do abundantly above all we could ever hope or imagine. But what I want to tell you today is that he is better than anything this side of heaven. And that anything that this world has to offer pales in comparison to the greatness of knowing him. He is the great reward. And one day, every tear will be wiped and every wrong will be made right because of the work of Jesus. So I've asked the worship team to come up here and um, they're going to sing a song. And this is what happened and this is where this song comes in. So as I was preparing this message, man, I, I, I'm a guy standing, I'm a standing miracle. I have literally just seen God be faithful to me and faithful to me and faithful to me. And as I was sitting here and I was thinking of all the ways of God's promises through scripture, all that I was gonna tell you and all the different stories I was gonna tell and, and I was fired up and, and this song came on the radio. I'd never heard it before. And God just penetrated my heart. And he said, but Desi, I'm better. I'm better than all the riches of this world. I'm better than anything that this world has to offer. Like, like, like I'm better. He is the great reward. And a grown man by himself in his study, I fell to my knees and I just began to weep. And I just said, God, would you forgive me? of making this about anything other than you. Because you are the reward. I'm gonna pray for us. And I invite you to let this song be sung over you, but just maybe the Holy Spirit might penetrate your heart and maybe this may be a declaration for you in 2020. I'm gonna pray for us, then they're gonna sing over you dismissed after that. Let's pray. Lord, I come before you today. God, I am desperate for you. God, you are more than enough. God, and I ask your forgiveness for the areas of my life that I've made the things of this world better than you, God where I've gotten sidetracked and I disconnected with you and I'm connected too much with the world. I believe even right now that there's Holy Spirit, you're just working and you're bringing to people's hearts things that they've made idols out of, that they've grown too close to, that they've gotten in the way of their relationship with you. 
God, we don't want to go through the motions of Christianity. It's not about what we can get from somebody. It's about knowing somebody. So God, would you take our humble offering tonight and be God over our year this year. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.